0: How could I boast of anything that I've ever seen or done? title of the message is God is Against Mixed Marriages. Now, before you get up and walk out, I believe you'll understand when we read the text, Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 4 and 5, you'll understand why I said God is against mixed marriages. Uh, Because uh, what we're going to talk about is spiritual tonight, and so hopefully it'll help us. There's a thing going on in America among the churches, but it's not just going on in America, it's going on worldwide among the churches that is is not new. Uh, The devil knows that if he can corrupt us, he can cause God to judge us. The devil does not have to judge the church. In fact, the devil can't touch us. Without permission from God, he can't touch you. Not a hair on your head can be touched without permission. It's a beautiful place. To, what a security. And even from other time. And what? not a hair on your head can be moved or touched without the permission. And so whatever happens to you, you know that you've been permission granted. And it, it ultimately, God's going to help you through it if you'll just trust him. You'll not be able to explain it any more than Job could explain the loss of his 10 kids. Uh, but trust me, that's Bible. That's true. And so, uh, there's a, a corruption, a corrupting philosophy that the devil's been pushing, going all the way back. And we're going to read quite a bit of Bible tonight. This is more. This is kind of a Bible study than going to be an application. So, in the, in the Bible study, we do. You're, you're going. I'm going to read for you, going all the way back into the into the Pentateuch, all the way into the major prophets, minor prophets. Um, how the, the devil's program for pollution has been effective. It has been very effective. The devil does not push things that don't work. He's a utilitarian. If it works, he's for it. If it don't work, he quits it. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, what will he do? Why? Because it's not working. If you if you start if you start uh, 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 if he sees a little a chink in your armor or a little light that he's getting gaining some or he's he's confusing you and your decision making's a little he'll he'll jump on you with everything he's got because he sees a hope of a- beating you but if you'll submit yourself to God with a humble spirit, And you'll resist him. He'll give it up because he'll realize, I'm not going to win there. And he's not going to spend his time not winning. He wants to win. He wants to win. And so he'll go to churches, not just individually, but he'll go to churches and see if he can get something brought into the church that God's against. And if he can do that, then he lets God judge him. I wouldn't doubt if he goes before the throne and says, can you believe they're doing that? After he's the one that encouraged it to happen. Every time I'd get a, not every time, but many times when i get a spanking, which were many. uh, My mother would say, my dad sometimes would say also, I hope you realize the devil's standing right over there laughing at you. Right in the middle of getting a whooping. Wouldn't make me happy. What do you mean he's laughing? We said, well, he tempted you to do this, and you gave into it. Now look who's getting the whipping—he's not. You are, man. That meant something to me. I got mad at the devil. I thought, oh, gone. He—he done tempted me into smoking in Marlboros. Here I am smoking. I'm like nine years old. That's because I had older brothers, and they're not here to defend themselves, so I won't mention any further. But anyway, uh, you know, I mean, they, I got introduced to. to a lot of things early, and he'd tempt me to do it. I'd do it, and then I'd get caught, and I'd take a whipping, man. i take, sometimes it wasn't a whipping. It was, my mother would break them cigarettes up and take all the tobacco out of them and make you eat it. I'm talking about chewing it up and swallowing it. I don't know about you, but even smoking tobacco produces a lot of juice. How many here have ever chewed, I'm not done it. I never chewed tobacco. I'm not gonna ask all the women to raise their hand. But anyway, uh, chewing tobacco produces a lot of juice. That's why they got spittoons. And uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, smoking tobacco produces a lot of juice too. But boy, it is not pleasant. And then she makes you swallow that. and She says, "That's some cigarettes that's going to kill you." She probably be alive today because of some of that stuff. But I want to talk to you about this tendency, this tendency, this program. This spans the ages to try to get you as a Christian individually, in your family, and in the local church you go to, Bible-believing local church, to try to get you to commingle truth. That's a real estate term. No commingling of funds in real estate. And you cannot, and, and I'll guarantee you that you, if the devil can get you as an individual or your family or the church to commingle with the world and co-mingle truth, water it down, not deny it, not deny it. He don't have to get you to deny truth. He just got to get you to commingle with the world. The God of heaven will be offended, highly offended, and the blessing of God will begin to be cut off. And the, the discipline of God will begin to come. Uh, I mean by co-mingling, I mean watering it down. I mean making uh, the things of God maybe more palatable to the world, reducing the sting of the Bible by by not reading certain parts of it, by not mentioning certain words like sin, or that man is the head of the house, uh, by, by, by reducing the sting of it, by increasing... Uh, its acceptability, by downgrading the differences, by upgrading the commonalities, by mixing it, tempering it, cooling it, or compromising it. However, truth, by very definition, is singular. It's consistent. It's timeless. It's eternal. It is absolutely not culturally sensitive. The Bible does not care what you're forefathers did or how they did it. That's culture. They don't care about it. But we always did that. Well, you're not going to, and when you come to God, it's you submit to his way, man. The children of Israel consistently stumble over this stumbling stone. They seem like they just could not be consistent with truth. Take the Bible. Zephaniah is our text. Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. We'll kick off on that. I will also, it says, Zephaniah, that's minor prophets. I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place. Baal was a god of thunder, the god of rain, the god of storms. That was a false god, obviously. And the name of Camerons with the priests And then that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops. And then that worship and that swear by the Lord. And this is the part I want you to really, really get, maybe underline. And then that worship and that swear by the Lord. And that swear by Malcolm. Malcolm was a false god. I think it's the name of a demon himself. I did a little research on it. It was the national God of the Ammonites, Malcolm, to whom the children were sacrificed, their children were sacrificed by fire to this God. He was the consuming and destroying, he was uh, the consuming and destroying, also at the same time purifying fire, this Malcolm. In Amos chapter 5, verse 26, he's called your Moloch, which means your king. Solomon erected a high place for this idol in Mount of Olives, and from that time to the days of Josiah, his worship continued. 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 10 and 13. In the days of Jehoahaz, it was partially restored, but after the captivity, wholly disappeared this worship that Zephaniah speaks about. He's also called Molech in Leviticus after 18, verse 21, Milcom in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 5. Malcolm in Zephaniah 1.5, and this God became known as Chemish among the Moabites. One of the places that Moloch was worshipped was in Tophet, in the Valley of Hinnom. I've been there. That's the valley right beside the temple, right beside the temple, between the temple and the Mount of Olives, very near Jerusalem, where the image of Moloch was set up, and uh was kept to which some sacrificed their children to, burning them in the fire, others dedicated them, making them pass through the fire, second Kings chapter twenty three, verse ten, laboring in the very fire. Habakkuk chapter two, verse thirteen, is where that's found. It is supposed to have been called Tophet from Toph, a drum because they beat drums at the, begin, at the burning of the children that their screeches may not be heard. You say, that is so barbaric. Is it any worse than full-term or later-term abortion? Would you consider this worshiping of the Lord and this God that I just described as a minor offense? It was a mixing, wasn't it? It was a mixed marriage of Jehovah God and this false God. But that was the pattern that the devil used on the children of Israel eventually to get them completely thrown out of their land. Here's the problem. They thought that doing this did not really matter to Jehovah They thought that worship was worship. Just do some worship. Get some worship leaders. Sing some man-made mixed songs combining uh, Malcolm's music and Jehovah God's words. It'll be fine. It will be a marriage made in heaven. It will be the best of both sides. They forgot one major thing. God will not put up with it. Just as a woman or a man will not put up with unfaithfulness in marriage, just like it destroys the relationship, the foundation of the relationship, like it dampens the love and the trust between those two people, it evaporates the very oxygen of the marriage, it vaporizes the substance of the marriage, it mocks the commitment of the marriage, mixed loyalties will not fly with God. Now, this is not deep theology, really. This should be plain, easy to grasp, really. Israel had done it over and over again. Judges chapter 10, verse 12 through 16. I'm going to read these. There's, There's a little bit of reading to do for you here because I want to get them straight out of the book, and I want you to know this is not some wild I had Baptist preacher coming up with this. This is as Bible as it gets. In Judges chapter 10, verse 12 through 16, during the Judges, the Zidonians, also and the Malachites and the Maonites did oppress you, and you cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet you ye have forsaken me and served other gods, wherefore I de- I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you from the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, we have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee, deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and they serve the Lord. What I want to show you is a pattern. The the people of the children of Israel did not give up on Jehovah. They did not say, Jehovah's not God anymore, let's leave Jehovah God, let's leave the Bible, and let's go serve, you know, the devil. They didn't do that. They just said, well, now, we know Jehovah God is good, and we know the Bible is good, but, let you know, this other stuff in the world that they're doing, because where did they learn about these other gods? They learned about these other gods from the world worshiping them. They would go to their services and see that, and they say, I like what they do there. I like what they do there. The world, that is. They'd go to the world, they and they'd see it, and they would say, well, let's bring that in to our worship, and that'll be good for us. This, this pattern is not a new pattern at all. So they'd bring them in. And begin to use some of that stuff in the worship of Jehovah. Eventually they began to, to uh, now what is worship? Let me define worship to you. It's service. It is a recognition and service of God. So, you know, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 through 4, under Samuel we see it again. Samuel spoke unto the house of Israel saying, if you do return Unto the Lord with all your heart, then put away the strange gods, Ashtareth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Asherah and serve the Lord only. So what I see is God's looking for exclusivity, amen? He doesn't want the world in his service. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say we were responsible to build the church. I'm not responsible to build the church. He's responsible to build the church if I follow his commands. I need to follow God's commands and be a whole lot more concerned about being obedient to the commands of the Bible and giving the Lord Jesus Christ and Jehovah God the exclusivity that He deserves, and not bringing in those very things that He hates out there. And by the way, that many of us got saved out of bringing it back into the church, so we can attract more people as a method of evangelism. When really we're supposed to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're not supposed to bring them into church, the place for generally saved people to be and to, and to worship Jehovah God and to rejoice together and to encourage each other. Uh, that's the, what this place is. This is not primarily an evangelism service we're having here. This is an edification service. Now, people may get saved during your services. That's beautiful. That's not our primary purpose, though. Our primary purpose is to edify the saints feed my sheep. And then the sheep go out well fed and then they tell people that Jesus saves, people get saved out there and then they come into the church and are edified. And then they get well fed, they go out into the world, and that's God's process of the whole thing. Joshua. In Joshua 23, 16, he warns them, he says, when ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. Exodus chapter chapter 32, verses 3 through 8. At Mount Sinai, most of you know this. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. After he had made it a molten calf, they said, I can't even believe they said this, These be thy gods, O Israel. Uh, Aaron, God wanted to kill Aaron for doing that, but Moses interceded for him, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, wait a minute. They had just seen the ten plagues of Egypt. They had just seen the ten major gods of Egypt judged, completely humbled, completely disavowed. They had crossed... The the uh, Red Sea on dry ground saw the entire the largest army in the world destroyed and, fl- and their bodies floating up on the shore. They're at Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to meet God for 40 days and 40 nights. These old, these 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 people said we don't know what's become of Moses. Now wait a minute. If the God that just did all of that asked Moses to go up there, I I got a feeling Moses is probably okay. And he was about ready to come down. Of course, they went to Aaron. No, and nobody's ever been able to explain to me why Aaron did what he did. He was just a weak-willed pansy. And when Aaron saw it, he he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamations and said, "Tomorrow, this is what, this is another like, wow. Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord." He just said, "This golden calf is your God, not Jehovah. This golden calf is your God." Then he says, "Well." We're going to have a feast and we're going to worship around this golden calf under the Lord. That's what that has been going on since then to today when you got preachers to say, let's bring the the music of the world in the church, the dance of the world in the church, the things that they do in the church, and let's just call it as under the Lord. We're doing this for God. And boy, it's just not so. They rose up early in the morning and Offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings, The people sat down, eat and drink, and rose up to play. The Lord said unto Moses, "Go get you down, for thy people, thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. That's that commingling, mixed themselves." They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them molten calf. They have worshiped it. They have sacrificed thereunto. They said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. That insulted God for sure. When you get born again, you're united with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. The Bible compares it to being married, a marriage the two becoming one flesh, Ephesians 5, Romans 7. It's compared to a body. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is he's the head, we're part of the body. 1 Corinthians 11, Romans 1. Violation of your relationship with Christ is compared to physical infidelity in a marriage. If you decide not to serve God after being born again, after he's given himself for you and saved you and put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, you decide to somehow make go back into the world. You decide to go back into the world. You decide to start playing their music again. You decide to start going to their places again, your old haunts. You decide just to go back into the world. It's compared to committing adultery on your wife or wife on her husband, either way. It's comp- that's what it's compared to. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 through 17 says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not, he which is joined to an harlot is one body. For two, he saith, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now the comparison's there. Now don't ask me how to become one flesh. I just It's never explained, it's just stated. Two become one flesh. How do, we, how do you become one with a harlot? Something, I've heard a lot of theologians try to explain this. And their explanation is every time that you have physical relations with opposite sex, you share some of yourself with them and they share some of themselves with you. It's not physical, it's spiritual. And the more often you do that, the more often that happens, and the less stability you'll have. I've seen immorality make people strange, crazy, and I wonder sometimes. And this doesn't just come from me. If that's not the cause of the corrupted thinking that they get, is that they be, they're they're given over to that and the the. They have mingled themselves with so many others that it was never meant to be. I can just tell you, the Bible says God is against mixed spiritual marriages. You want to know why we do what we do here at the gospel? I'm telling you tonight because the Bible says it. What we do here tonight, the world does not like or appreciate. What does that tell you? It's probably right. It shouldn't tell you that we're old-fashioned and we've been just doing this because we're a bunch of old people. I was doing this when I was 15. We were worshiping like this at 15 years old, 14. In other words, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's not tradition that we do what we do necessarily. But it's based on scriptural teaching of purity. That You don't think the world wants to sing out of this book. You couldn't pay them enough money to sing uh, the role was called a beyonder, I'll be there, brother. They're just like, that is crazy. That's the way it ought to be. You've been born from above. The Holy Spirit's come in you and birthed you from God. You have the very seed of God in you, the Holy Spirit. It makes sense that the world does not commingle with God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, the Bible says. It makes sense for me. The things of God and the things of the world are like water and oil. They don't mix. You can try to mix them, but they won't mix. The mixing of the world's methods and music and then to look at God's, and and you pollute, if I may say, God's holy name and it is an abomination to God himself. Where do I get that? Exodus chapter 23 verse 13, and all things that I have said unto you be circumspect and make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. Exodus 23 24. Thou should not bow down to their gods, to whose gods? The world's gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works. It's an important phrase. Well, you say, well, I don't, maybe you say here and well, I don't bow down to their gods, or I don't worship. But the, the word worship means to serve or to give respect to, to purchase, pay money to. It also, he says, don't do after their works. In other words, don't do what they do. Don't do like they do you want to know why we don't dance here at Gospel Baptist one reason why we don't dance because I can't dance but the, but a bigger reason that is it's against God it's sensual it's what the world's doing don't do after their works but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and 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 uh, quick break down their images exodus 34 14. For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. You thought jealous was always a bad term, didn't you? Most, most people take the word jealousy and make it a negative twist to it, but not in the not when it comes to God. He's a jealous God. Let me say this. It compliments me when my wife is jealous for me. If she said, oh, I don't care about you, then I'd feel bad about that. I want her to be a little jealous for me. I want her to care about me enough that she wants to keep me exclusively. I want that to be so. I praise God that he wants to save me out of this old world. And he cares if I go back and commingle back with that old world. He cares about you listening to them old songs. He cares about whether you go back and and, and, and with, with, with pleasantness think about those old sins you did. Well, you ought not to do that. Why? He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. He's not going to go for that. Haggai, chapter 2, verse 12, 13 says, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? The priest said no. Basically what Haggai says, if, if holy touches unholy, what happens? If holy touches unholy, what happens? Does the holy make the unholy holy? If holy touches unholy, every time in Haggai, every time, he says, if unholy, if holy touches unholy, it pollutes the holy. If I've got uh, a, a a big old uh, a thermos of of uh, lemonade we make for one of our events, and I got a bad cold and I I I cough up a big old hawker and I, pfft, that baby in there and shut the lid. That which is unholy just polluted that which was holy, right? If if I put a rat in there, 99% of it will still be good. But you won't want to drink it. If I put a handful of dirt in there on a big old cooler, that's just a small percentage. But you ain't going to want any part of it. See, you're that way in almost every area of life. Nobody, hey, when you get married, And and your woman walks down the aisle. You want her to be holy. You want her to be exclusively for you. There's very few men I know out there want to marry a woman that's uh, been around town. But what do you think? God's a lot different than that. Well, the most famous passage of all these passages I've read. Second 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. And in the New Testament, this is the proof text for it all. He says, "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Now, these are questions that you already know the answer for, right? Rhetorical questions. <laughs> they asked me this year to, to come in and teach the first and second grade. Man, I stumbled, bumbled, schmumbled. They didn't know anything. I, was t- I, t- I said, I would ask a question. It was a rhetorical question. They'd answer it. I said, No, you don't answer. It's rhetorical. She said, Bill, they don't know the word rhetorical. I said, What kind of class is this? First graders don't know rhetorical. What's going on here? Jalen knew that when she was five years old. What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath the believer with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? uses five illustrations here. For you're the temple of the living God. You, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, because of all that, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And do what? This is, this is Haggai. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's Haggai. Haggai's teaching was, if holy touches unholy, it makes the holy unholy. He says, when you go out and go back into the junk you were saved out of. You are making, you're, you're polluting yourself, and, and, and because you're a child of God, he's going to have to whoop on you like my dad whipped on me when he caught me smoking on top of the chicken coop. Somehow I thought if I smoked on top of the chicken coop that smoke would rise and my parents wouldn't smell it. What I didn't realize, it clings to your clothes. And I went inside, she said, You smell like smoke. And there ain't been no fire here today. And I go, Uh oh. Trying to help you younger people. (laughs) And he said, I'll be a father, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1. Says because of these things, we're to perfect holiness, the fear of God. We're to be total with God, folks. Total. Is that why is that such a hard thing to to get? Why do people fight that? Why why do people question that so much? To be total with God makes, makes total sense, it just makes perfect sense to me. I got saved out of old. Rock and roll, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, all the other stuff that was out there. When I got right with God, 18 years old, it was a it was a duh that that still had to go. And if I walk into a church and hear that music, you listen to what I'm talking about. Hear the music. I don't care what the words are, but if I hear that music again, that is adultery to me. If I sat there and listened to that, that's committing adultery to me. That's the old gods that I used to worship and used to follow. You say worship? Yeah, I served them, I followed them. You tell me that Elvis Presley wasn't worshipped after he died. People showed up at his house and left little little things on his fence for many. Maybe still, I was there. I was there probably four or five years ago. And there were still little things left on the fence once in a while. Not as much as it used to be. You tell me that's not worship. You tell me the screaming of the girls for the Beatles. They sure didn't get that excited about anything else. Or the screaming of these rock and roll groups that they still get, by the way. Uh, Who was that guy, that punk kid, uh, Bieber? Bieber Fever. I, w- I went to, I won't mention him, but to a former member of Gospel Baptist who has two daughters. And I went to his one daughter and I said, What do you think of Bieber? Oh, I just love him. Bah, 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 bah. Something's really wrong with that. You're loving what God hates. You say, Well, God, loves uh, Bieber. He wants Bieber to be saved and he died for him and, and it's it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loved him enough to present salvation. But if he refuses that, he's still going to a place called Lake of Fire. And God hates the sin. And sometimes it's pretty hard to discern between those who are sinning and the sin. Right? Pretty hard to separate between those two. And eventually it will not be separated after great white throne judgment. man, we're not to have mixed marriages with the world. Maybe one of the greatest, most common sins of independent Baptists or anybody else that wants to follow the Bible is what I'm preaching about right here tonight. What they watch, what they listen to, where, and you know it's bigger than that. It's where is your heart tonight? See, really, that's where it all has to go. Where is your heart? Is your heart with God? You want Him exclusively? Or you, my mother used to say, are you trying to straddle the fence? I don't know where she got that from. I don't know. It's an old saying, straddling the fence. She said, you straddle the fence, you're going to get bit by both dogs. And it's the truth. The children of Israel, they tried to serve. Remember I just read, serve the Lord and Malcolm. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. We're going to serve the Lord. They try to do the best of both worlds. Well, we're going to make, we're going to make the Lord happy by worshiping him some and doing him a favor. Listen, you don't do God a favor by coming to church. You don't do God a favor by giving money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the universe is his. He doesn't need necessary. he doesn't need your money. You tithe and you give for your sake. That's the crazy thing about it. You do it for your sake so you know where it's all coming from. It's coming from Him. I'm standing here tonight. I'm breathing, and my veins are working good, and my heart's working good because of one, and one, one person and one only. That's God. The same thing with you. And once you, the sooner you realize that, the easier things get, that you owe everything to Him. And out of gratitude, you go to church. Out of gratitude, you read your Bible. Out of gratitude, you separate from the old things of the world. But I like them. It don't make a difference whether you like them, love them, I have affection for them. Let me tell you this. Most men that are married had girlfriends before they met their wife. I should do a show of hands here, but I don't want to create a bunch of talk tonight. I had a girl named Judy Granning that I really liked her. I would have married her. I had another girl, uh, Linda Robinson, eighth grade. She was my heartthrob. I had another one, Linda Montana. Ooh, she had the most beautiful blonde hair i ever seen in my whole life. Long, all the way down to here. Full thick-headed blonde hair. Beautiful. I dated all them girls multiple times, and I dated a police chief's girl. He fingerprinted me and threatened my life. I quit dating her. He said, "Bring this girl back exactly the way you found her. I will come and get you." I think Troy dated a girl that he finger uh, that got fingerprinted. My son. I don't blame him. I don't think Troy dated her twice. I don't think he dated a girl twice. I think it scared him a little bit. It was a private detective or something. He, he How many here got fingerprinted by the dad? You got fingerprinted. How many got fingerprinted by that one? Fingerprinted me. I didn't get fingerprinted, but he threatened my life. I mean, he could have given me his car, his house, and everything else wouldn't have been any more precious. He gives me his daughter to be with for that night, which was a very unwise decision on his part. But let me say this I had old girlfriends, and I still to this day have could have could have fond memories of them. But I don't look them up on Facebook. I don't look them up. I don't look where they're at, where they're at. I don't know want to know anything. Why? It's an act of unfaithfulness. Even going and calling them would be an act of unfaithfulness. Even meeting for a little cup of tea would be an act of unfaithfulness. Because unfaithfulness starts somewhere. It starts slow. It starts little. And, brother, unfaithfulness to God is the same thing. It'll start with just a little small thing that you don't think will hurt you. And then another little small thing. I think I'll just quit coming to the services on Sunday night. It won't bother me. I'll just quit coming when the church, I'll quit supporting the church the way I ought to. I'll just quit doing this. And when you do that, the seed is planted for corruption. And you begin to get your 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 attitude of, of, of loyalty to God and His people and His house begins to wane. You get set up. I know your wife, my wife, wouldn't put up with me contacting them old girlfriends. Well, you better not be contacted Tom Smith either. Oh, yeah, I remember Tom Smith. Now, you know this to be true. If I didn't love her. I wouldn't care. Isn't that right? If I didn't love her, I wouldn't care. If she didn't love me, she wouldn't care. She said, "Go, hey, go back to Linda, Montana. I hope she has you. Go, go back to Judy Granting. I hope she'll take you back because I can't stand you anymore. Now, God's not that way. He's faithful. He loves us. He don't want you to go in the world. He's jealous for you. He's jealous over you. The Spirit lust to, to envy for us. But the devil says, Hmm, I'll go back and I'll try to get them to corrupt themselves and to mingle with that old stuff so then God will whoop them. He can't take your soul. Satan has no power to unsave you. Once you've been saved by the grace of God and sealed and the Spirit of God's come in you and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, you're saved. The question is now, can he hurt you? Can he hurt you? Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Don't marry the world and try to serve God. It won't work. Because God is against mixed marriages. Father, help us tonight. May the Spirit of God come. Explain these things even better, so much better than I could. Father, we just pray that we know the devil's tempting methods are nothing new. The old old devil is called the serpent and dragon, he's been around a long time. He knows he uses these same methods. Tried to use them on Jesus. Help us not to be vulnerable. Help us to shore up the area. If we start getting weak in this area, help us to shore it up. Drive some stakes down. In my married life, I've driven many stakes down. I said, no matter no matter where, no matter what happens to my woman, no matter where she, what, no matter what happens to her, no matter how she ages, I'm going to stick with her. I've said it publicly. I've said it privately. I, I keep driving stakes down daily, driving stakes down. I'm going to stick with her. I'm going to be faithful. I want to. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to end well. I want to end like old Jim Till. I want to end like some of these old boys I've been around, Mister Smith. You got to keep driving stakes. It can't be a one time. Like the old boy said, the woman said, "You never tell me you love me. That's because I said it when we got married, and when it changes, I'll tell you, man. That's no good." I need to tell God I love Him every day by the way I live and what I do. I love you, Lord. I want to be true and faithful. I want to give you myself in purity and exclusivity, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Father, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website, or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida, or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.